Hey, 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 what's happening, y'all? Welcome back. We got another episode of The Strange Road. I'm your host, Mikey. As always, riding shotgun, Bub, the co-host. And we got Stoner and Isbro and Master Control holding it down tonight. What's happening, fellas? There they are. Whole house. Look at that. Hard at work. Dude, those guys are always crushing it. I'm just always thinking about now, again. We've we've started the countdown. Now the heat slowly rises as Kyle and Matt suffer through the show. Yeah, the, the heat's rising in mass labor control. of love. That's we got right. Time's ticking down. We better hop right into it. Oxygen runs out in that little room very quickly. Uh, thank you to those guys. Oh, man. They're uh, the best. We appreciate all you guys listening and watching out there. Um, you guys can follow us on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter at The Strange Road. Yep. Facebook group, Strange Road Hitchhikers. Drop some links in there. Get the conversations going. Um, we appreciate everybody watching here on YouTube. Like, subscribe, share, um, and you know, hit that notification bell. Anytime we go live, that really helps. Yeah. We keep all the premieres that and way the live streams. Yep. We keep all the premieres and live streams uh, completely ad-free. Great way to support the show is those super stickers and super chats. Uh, we appreciate the heck out of all of our listeners, oh, wherever yeah. you're listening, uh, Spotify, Apple, Google, anywhere else. Um, please, uh, if you like the show, five-star rating or bust That's right. would be super helpful. Yep. Thank you to all of those that have uh, have been rating the show. Yeah, so it helps. Yeah, it, helps. it really does. It helps. So. We appreciate it. It's important. Absolutely. Um, but we have uh, a, a giant show tonight. Duh. Pun intended, folks. <laughs> like, and and this, is, uh, this is cool because good. before I introduce our guest, I'll just kind of lay the foundation. But Stoner and I have been following uh, this gentleman on Instagram for since 2020 when we started uh, our podcast yep. and started doing research on the uh, – uh, we did our Giants yeah. Detours episode, yeah. which is getting tons of hits in the last uh, six months or so. People like Giants. That uh, Giant Skeletons in the Smithsonian episode, I think it's the Strange Road Detours episode three. If you guys haven't checked that episode out. And then also our interview with Jeffrey Wilson. That's in the uh, TSR Both. Pit Stops playlist on YouTube. Both are pretty um, good. That's uh, the Giant Skeletons in the Serpent Mound. Yep. So kind of shouting out some of the giant stuff we've covered. Uh, Heather Arnold we've had yeah. talking about Aruban Giants. And so here we are again. We're back for another. One of my favorite back subjects. Back for another take. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so let's get I into it. it. Let's introduce our guest tonight. Help us welcome to the show historian, researcher of the unknown and forgotten past, Travis Roy from Giants of Ancient America. What's happening, Travis? Welcome to the show. Thank you for th thank you so much for doing this, man. Yeah, my pleasure, guys. Good to be here. Heck yeah, dude. Heck yeah. Like I said, we've been following you since 2020. You have just endless amounts of newspaper clippings, articles. I mean, it literally never stops. This guy is prolific yeah. with not just giant uh, documentation, but also out-of-place artifacts. You cover a lot of earthworks and kind of ancient temple complexes around America. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself, where we can find you, and then how you got into all this. Okay. Uh, well, first off, you can find me on Instagram and Facebook, and the name is Giants underscore of underscore Ancient America, and Ancient America is one word, so that's where you find me um, if you're wanting to look into all these articles that I 
blast out there. That's kind of how I like to think of it. I like to just blast them out there. Because <laughs> <laughs> I feel exactly like people aren't getting taught this stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's not being covered enough, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, blast it out there, put some epic music behind the story, and just kind of enjoy it. Yes. That's kind of how I roll. <laughs> no, well, but I got started back... Well, really, my journey started around 2010, but I guess you could you could really go before that because I've always enjoyed um, ancient history. Um, I've always been fascinated with history just back in school. Um, but fast forward to 2010, I was kind of on the trail of the ancient Celts, Celtic people, and I kind of traced them. You know, I was looking into that, right? And that's when I started to discover the megalithic monuments, um, Western Europe. And they even kind of trail, you know, they kind of trail all the way back to the biblical land. They really do. So in studying that, I was like looking into the burial mounds of Europe um, and then just the historians reporting on it. They were, they were finding giants among them. Um, even the Romans said, well, these Celtic people, they were some of their men were head and shoulders taller than the Roman men. I was like, well, what's going on here? Um, and then I looked the deeper I looked into it. Um, I bought a couple books um, and I was like, you know what? These books, they didn't have like they didn't always have pictures of the articles they referred to. They would have just type like they would retype it so you can read it. But, you know, because some of these are they're hard to read because they're old mm -hmm. newspapers. And so whenever I do my work, I have to edit, I edit it like each one to where you can read it because sometimes it's hard to read. Right. So I had this idea. It's like, why don't I just research and see if I can find if these are real articles? And so I did. And I just started an Instagram account back in uh, 2013 and just started plugging them on there. It's changed a lot since then. You know, I uh, in the beginning, I was afraid to put like the newspaper name because I was afraid of powers that be. I didn't want it easy for them to find where I was finding it. Right. Let's go ahead and scrub that away. I'm not trying to get like conspiratorial or anything, but that's that's kind of how it started. And so I kind of wish I didn't do that because people are like, where where is that article? I was like, ah. And then I had to go back and do more research and refine it. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, sometimes you can't find that one again. And so it's kind of tough. So sometimes I just have the year. Um, but now nowadays, I definitely try to plug the actual newspaper, even though it's not even a newspaper that exists anymore. But it's still cool. Right. So that's how I got where I'm at. Long story short. Man, it, it, yeah, I mean, so you were, so where were some of the archives, or were you actually in physical archives, or were you in internet archives, digging into, like, the Oil City Times archive, or, or whatever it is? No, I was just on online, so uh, there are there are a few websites, but the one I try to use the most is, um, it's a Library of Congress website, so it's, you know, just free domain. Um, it's called chroniclingamerica.gov. So, and it has newspapers. I can't remember. They say they start in the 1700s and go like till today, I think maybe into the 1900s somewhere, but I've never, I've never found an article written in the 1700s of, as of yet, that was about a giant, but mm. that's where they go. So you have a really big, um, database to look into, but 
the more I've been using it, it's hard. I used to be able to plug in like three or four words and pull up a lot. If you use two or three words, it pulls up zero. I was like, that's not, that's not accurate. Hmm. You know, I drop one word and it pull up a lot. So why is it not pulling up any? So it's getting harder and harder for me to research. But um, yeah, that's, that's where I, I try to do most of it there. But I mean, and that's free. So like, if I wanted to, I could get a subscription to like the New York Times. I know you can do that. And you can actually, there's a ton of them in that too. Mm-hmm. So a lot of these are like, for example, let me find one. Just, oh yeah, like you, I think you just mentioned it, like Oil City Times. Like maybe it's still there, you know, but a lot of these are, um, I know in my Metroplex area, the newspaper that I find articles written under, it's no longer that newspaper anymore. It's called something else. So maybe it it was bought out and now it has a new and approved name, but just for, you know, just for reference to understand what I'm doing. Yeah, that's great to know because, you know, some people, they don't know where to start if they want to start looking into this stuff. In 2013, when I started looking into it, I was just following Jim Vieira's Facebook page where he, he, before he wrote his book with Hugh Newman, he just had a Facebook page and was posting basically what you're doing on Instagram. He was, and I found that group. And then he was having source links to everything. And I was just going right into these archives and going, I'll be damn right there. It is right. He's not like Photoshopping something and, and putting it in old newspaper text, but like, you know, here it is in a, in a national archived library. A lot of them was library of Congress Mm -hmm. or Google books, tons of stuff. That's where all those old hard to find now. I mean, mm-hmm. the antiquarian journals and all those things that the pre-archaeologists, those guys had journals, uh, the Oriental, um, the Orient Journal. I can't remember what it's called, but okay. um, we covered a few of those. But uh, you can find all those on Google Books okay, for free. So it's still out there. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. just, okay. From what I can Got to dig for it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for gonna- sure. So, Travis, yeah. what's kind of your favorite thing that you've found? A couple of your kind of highlights. Uh, we do have a few Instagram links kind of bookmarked from your page that we can talk about. But maybe what's mm-hmm. what's one that really kind of blew you away where you, you did a little bit more of a deep dive into beyond the newspaper article? Yeah. Well, um, well, I can I see this one here. I have it printed off here. And now I don't have – and I was – like right before the show started, I was like trying to find like the article. And so I don't have the whole article in front of me, but I think y'all would like this one. Um, it's from, it's 1880 uh, from Ohio, the daily Miner via the Cincinnati um, inquire September the 14th. So basically it's a report on some giants that were discovered in Ohio. Um but at the end of the massive burial mound that contained 12 prehistoric giants ranging from eight to 10 feet tall was a megalithic stone sacrificial art altar 12 feet long and four and a half feet deep or high. So, or no, that would be wide probably. Yeah. So it was four and a half wide by 12 feet tall. I'd never heard, heard of that before. 
That's incredible. Every now and then you'll have these megalithic structures that are inside some of these, but it's more common in Indiana. In Ohio, you, you have some of these where I've read where you have these almost like big megalithic tombs where the giant's sitting upright. They found a co- copper gorget around his neck, but they're facing east, sitting upright. You see that common, but then those are kind of like the chiefs or the kings. Yeah, it's not everybody. And, and they're in these big megalithic right. tombs. Um, in Indiana, there's the the Mound State Park in Indiana. That's where they dug up a huge megalithic. Oh. I mean, these slabs of stone were perfectly carved, and it's still sitting inside this mound to this day. It, it was recreated. Wow. Um, but they found wow. that, that— That's wild. Whatever was in there was highly, highly decorated. Um, but in Ohio, it's it's a lot more rare. Um, but I'm always fascinated because people think of mounds and earthworks like, oh, it's just a bunch of dirt and clay and sand piled up. No, there's structures inside of a lot. Yeah, they can get pretty intense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's typically what is um, in there or some sort of a megalithic complex. And that's that's really what I like a lot of is to find that where and I try to I try to um, point that out whenever I'm making a post. It's like, hey, this is megalithic mm-hmm. because. I think people for or don't even think of it, you know, like you're saying, they think it's just a pile of dirt. Well, there's something more going on in this megalithic race of people or similar group of people. You know, they traveled the world or, you know, and they did the same stuff. Like they have megalithic tombs all over Israel, you know, from where the Canaanites were. Um, they just they took their ways with them wherever they went. Mm-hmm. So that, I think that's pretty cool to to point that out. Right. And it's not to say that like Native Americans or, you know, ancient people in Ohio weren't a part of that culture or were, you know, somehow not involved in the creation of these amazing earthworks. Right. But I think it's more like these two groups were living beside each other. Um, You know, we can talk about one of the posts that you have from uh, an explorer from the 1600s. Um, one of your posts um, slipping my mind right now, but we can get to that. And Bub and I found the one with uh, DeSoto going up in, in the Florida yeah. and Alabama and going up through the river systems and finding really small people and then Ooh. giant people in the river systems mm-hmm. of America and, you know, the 1500s. Well documented. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I, I just think people just don't want to admit that. But they were alive. We don't all look the same, and even today there might still be that going on. And they were alive. Mm-hmm. These weren't giant skeletons. Right. DeSoto and right. them were reporting. Well, we did the research on Magellan and Magellan? his reports of giants, and they tried to take some back with them. Yeah. You know? Patagonia. Yeah. Yeah, they were <laughs> yeah. trying to bring him back on the boat. And he died. <laughs> Jesus. The giant I know, I, died. Well, I mean, it makes sense. But you know, Captain John Smith did the same thing. He encountered the that's the some Instagram race of post. giants. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. So he did too. He he encountered that, mm-hmm. and he talked about it. But and there were also I've discovered giant skeletons. Well, not me personally, but you know, an article about giant skeletons <clears throat> in that same area. So they kind of they kind of and even this article itself kind of pointed that out. It's like, hey, and there were giant skeletons discovered in this area. Um, so no, you're, you're right for sure. Not, not too distant past, really. They were seeing them for real. Yeah. And you know, when maybe a guy came up to the river system and just gave him everybody smallpox too. 
And by the time everybody came back from the East Coast, um, they were all gone. You know, mm-hmm. maybe that race was just killed off from, you know, there is stories of wars, the red-haired giants versus the black-haired giants that the, the Cherokee yep. talk yeah. about. Um, yep. Where they were kind of caught in the middle of this giant war and they oh, raced. Yeah, they the were. black-haired giants were cannibals and the red-haired giants chased them into this cave and... You know, there was a lot happening. hunted down the last, yeah. the last race. They just kind of killed each other off in some areas. Yeah, I definitely agree with you that they they lived alongside the Native Americans, and, and I also think that they could have inter, interbred with them. Mm-hmm. I mean, I found I found a report where it seemed to be like you had this giant dude, and he had, there were two women buried. One was like more Caucasian. One was like a mix of Native and Caucasian. So you had that going on back then. They're not teaching that today. But I do agree with you that they, the Native Americans were intermingling with these people at some point. Um, yeah. Even I think the Cherokee have a story where they had a certain leadership at one point, And it was a kind of a problem. And they could never do anything against this leadership. And so you have to wonder, like, who was this leadership? Like, were these some of these giants that were kind of being bullies over them. They had to band together and finally push them out because there wasn't a woman among them that they can just freely come in and take. Um, so it was a problem. So I kind of think they might've lived among them too. Right. So, right. Who, who's to say? Yeah. Wow. People get mad when you talk about that though. Mm-hmm. People, People get mad about everything They get very anymore. upset. People when get you, mad about anything anymore. When you, you talk say there's about, giants, everybody gets well, upset. you know, it's giants or it's aliens. It's like, well, that's racist because it's, you know, not to say that. And no one's saying that the ancient people of Ohio. We're just saying there could Ohio have been giants, too, alongside Native Americans. Couldn't have so built the earthworks or, or anything like that. Right. But it's just a mystery to me that you do find, and maybe, you know, in my opinion, if they've been there for thousands of years, they are Native Americans as well. They could have been Native American giants. And exactly. 100%. Nobody yeah, knows. 100%. Somebody was a giant. Some some person or thing or skeletal That's remains of seven, thing. eight foot, whatever they are. They, somebody or thing was that thing. And and somebody yeah. was the giant, whoever it was, like somebody like claim it, like the real slim shady, you know, let's go. Yeah. And you know, Dr. Bradley Lepper has written a lot of articles in the Columbus Dispatch. Yeah. He's the used to be the Ohio OHC's uh director, but he's very his stance is very, you know, mainstream when it comes to this stuff and well, for good totally reason. discounts the newspaper articles and the town hall reports <laughs> and you know, basically, this is a big media frenzy to get people to buy newspapers, or it's a hoax by this person that was really just like a Barnum and Bailey hustler, snake oil salesman. But was that really so, driving newspaper sales that hard? Wouldn't you just say. stop buying the paper back in the day if they're like every week there was a giant? You'd be like, First no, there's all, not. Like you would know. There's no evidence because there's no bones. We've never actually found a giant skeleton. Okay, okay. Well, hold on. Let me ask this question. But then, of the newspaper headlines. But why don't the newspaper? How often were matter? newspaper headline articles coming out? Say within, uh, 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 if you could analyze this, you know how I like data, right? If we could take it and and analyze this, like where were the articles being generated and what times, right? Like so, if it happened in. Cleveland, Ohio was the next one, and you know, Illinois the next day, or was it two years later? Or 
Because that's what I'm saying. If they're saying, oh, well, everybody was doing it, well, then it, it would have to be about a coordinated time or a time period With where no internet. everybody would be talking <laughs> about no this internet. or everybody would be writing about it in papers. Or yeah. did they endlessly do it? That's what I'm saying. So then nobody would have believed it because it would have been like a, you know, a, a, a modern day National Enquirer version where people would go, yeah. I know this is a fake story. I'm not even buying it. So in my mind, there wouldn't be a demand for it. But the New York Times so there had wrote to be about some it. smoke to that fire. And, and you know, Travis uncovers not just newspaper articles, but where the Smithsonian themselves have, have written in their own writing, their field yeah, journals and the, the field journal from Miamisburg, Ohio. My favorite story in Ohio is the Miamisburg Mound. Mm-hmm. They dug up, you know, seven, eight footers, put it on display in, in the town hall. All these people came. Lines and lines of people came to see this thing upright. On display. Right, like the Mutter Museum. And all these newspapers wrote about it, and the Smithsonian showed up and was very, very, very interested in this. I'll bet and then they, were. they wrote about it in their field journals, and that's documented too. That's really, really hard to find. Now, I could not find that back. When I was looking into this in 2013, I found that field journal. Like he was saying, it's really, really hard to find some of that hmm. stuff. Um, mm-hmm. So it's documented in the newspaper. The Smithsonian had it documented in their field journal. Hundreds, maybe a thousand people plus, the whole town saw these things on display in public. And then they take the bones and they're like, nope, you got to take all this down. You can't have this thing on display. Like it Who freaked said this? The Smithsonian came and grabbed everything why do and they disappeared get to do that? with it. But why do they get to do that? Because they're the authority. For what? Exactly. History? Well, yeah. I mean, that's I what guess they, for the narrative. they push. Based, yeah. That's so weird. That'd be like if you dig up something in your backyard and like it's this historical thing and somebody's like, no, God, that's not the history we want people to know. I'm sorry. that I, I don't want to live but that knowing even, that's what's happening with this history. That was even I want real history. John Wesley Powell. Like this was... A lot of giant skeletons happened before Powell and all those guys started going against and talking about giants and this kind of this other race of these huge people that had copper gorgets yeah. and massive swords and these strange artifacts that just don't make sense. Just how long have we been sweeping everything under the rug of human history? Like, why? I mean, it's 1800s. You know, early 1800s. I'm saying even, yeah, we've been doing it a long Or just time. when they've been writing about it, you know. Do you think that they actually had them on display at some point? I yeah, think a lot of these towns there. did. I, th- I think they I did. I think they did. Early on? Oh, I know I know they did, but I'm, I'm, my curiosity is, did they? were they on display in Washington, D.C.? That's that's my question. Like, I wonder. Yeah, I don't know. They, I mean, they ever, say, I don't know. They say that they're going to in these articles, but like. Did they do it like or did they just say, hey, yeah, we're going to do this. And then they just take it out. I wonder how long were they um, trying to collect them and and what their plan was. I don't know. Can I can I just give you a thought. weird can I give you a weird like anecdote analogy of like why I think like the skeletons probably were on display and what have you. And, and, and a lot of that actually really happened. And it was it gets memory hold at first is because when we went out west and we've been to Sequoia, if you've ever been to Sequoia National Forest and seen the trees, what have you. Mm-hmm. When they first started logging those trees and sending them back east to like New York and different cities, they were like, these aren't real trees. You guys are screwing with us. There's no tree that's that big. That just, it was such a remote, unique, 
right. singular mm-hmm. area where these trees were that no one else knew about them or had ever even seen them. And when they started logging, they're like, these are not real. Like, no, no, they are. Mm-hmm. So with the skeletons, even having them on display, you know, they might have been up there for a minute and people saw them. And then again, it gets memory hold. You know, it was just, oh, it was a, a the hot topic in the papers to talk about, you know. Yep. I, I think it gets whitewashed pretty easy. Yeah. I mean, I, I do I do think they did have I mean, because I did find a report and it was just an excerpt from an from an article um about Peru. So this is 1900 and about giant remains discovered in Peru. It says, but there are plenty of giant remains. Travelers in Peru tell of monster human skulls found in 30 miles from north of, of Lima of this race of giants. A tribe lived on the island of Puna in the Gulf there. Their skulls and weapons are in the Smithsonian Institution. It just stated it. What? Yeah, so it's like you can see these, you can verify this, but right. you go to the Smithsonian, and so maybe they did, maybe, maybe they did, because this article says so. There was a time when that so. they accepted it, and they were actually really looking into finding the truth, because they did. They showed up, they wrote about it in their field journals, they documented. Why, if they were hiding it, they wouldn't document it back then. Then John Wesley yeah. Powell, the whole narrative shifts. We're not talking about giants. We're not talking about this. You know, manifest destiny. If these things are really important, we're not going to be able to move, you know, westward and just keep taking over land and 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 spreading, you know, this, you know, it, their version of civilization. So, with a, if it's very special and there is this lost civilization, and it's like a Mayan type or Egyptian type, you can't just plow over that culture. Yeah. So if, is that what happened? Eventually, the Smithsonian changed their tune because right there you have it. They're not hiding it. It's documented. Mm. At that point, they're yeah. talking about having it at the Smithsonian. There's there's so many excerpts and clips and references and quotes of the Smithsonian showed up and they took this or the Smithsonian was sent this or the Smithsonian document. They're they're it's uh, they are overall spin. yeah they're that's why it's in that's why it's in the Indiana Jones movie is a joke. <laughs> yeah. It's a joke. That's why it's so yeah. crazy because everybody knows it's a joke. Yeah. It really is. It's very it's 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 crazy. It's absolutely crazy. I mean I don't go I mean, like when I do my research, I don't necessarily go out to to try to find out what the Smithsonian did. But during my research, I have uncovered a few articles that kind of they link together. And so I can just kind of go over them real fast. Please do. Um, in short. Yeah. So in 1891, the Smithsonian, there's a whole article. I won't read it all. But basically, they argue for the right to excavate and display prehistoric skeletons. So they were pulling some out of Ohio, and this guy kind of got in trouble from the Smithsonian. The locals were like, hey, you can't just do that. He's like, no, well, okay, if if we can't just do that, then, like, what about the mummy from Egypt that we have in the museum in, in Washington? Like, why can't we? So they argued for the rights to do so. Um, that's, that is 1891. Hmm. 1895. Yeah, in 1895, I found another very long article about a Bayless museum that was going out of business, and he had a nine-foot skeleton or a mummy, mummified um, giant there. And they sent multiple people, uh, different type of people from the Smithsonian, and 
they were going to purchase this to to verify if it was true. Uh, I mean, a real mummy, and it was. They verified it was, and they said this is going to be a great thing to to display at the museum. Uh, that was 1895. Fast forward to 1934. Um, they say I found another article <clears throat> in the Waterbury Democrat about the Smithsonian's fed up regarding the reports of prehistoric giants being unearthed. <clears throat> so they had a, a new uh, somebody come to work for them. Name his name was Alice Herdlicka, mm-hmm. and he was oh, yeah. he was tired of it. And he's a real dude. A buddy of mine yep. loves. He he loved this buddy of mine. Heard like Licka. I don't have time. I remember the yeah, name heard, heard very Licka. well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So he's like he's tired of having to answer the phone per se. There's too many like, reports. Oh, hey, we found another. Yeah. There's people so were many. saying, "Hey, we found one." Yeah. He couldn't control it because you had somebody out west, you know, digging a basement and they found one, or you had them, you know, cutting in a road and this this greater unearthed a mound. They thought it was a hill. You know, say this mound was only five feet tall. They thought it was a hill because some of these mounds aren't massive and monstrous. Um, some of them are small. I don't know if it's because of age, but you still found some big dudes in those short mounds. Yeah. Well, maybe even so, just the uh, geography around the mounds changed over time naturally. You know, maybe yeah. the ground or land shifted and next thing you know, it doesn't look like much, but it mm-hmm. still is, you know. Well, the bigger conical mounds aren't burial mounds. They're astronomical earthworks. So a lot of the smaller mounds yeah, that's what I'm saying. are kind of the yeah. burials that's what I'm that saying. outside of yeah. the perimeter. Mm-hmm. Those are the ones yeah, that get lost a little more. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, some sometimes they, I feel like they would have them near waterways too. Mm-hmm. So who knows erosion over time, like water was very, they were always near water and rivers and stuff. So that's probably part of it too. No but no. that's a great point with, with the massive mounds, like a lot of them were temple worship mounds for their, for their gods. And then for the, sure, the intrusive so. burial mound culture was a later culture that would dig into those big mounds. And then we find them, them and like, Oh, that's who built these. It's like, yeah. no, those were the folks that were just hanging out, probably passing mm-hmm. through. It's like, you know, maybe grandma passed away. They just repurposed it. Let's just throw her in this beautiful, you know, ancient temple here. Right by the water. She would have loved it. Right. Great view. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like the the Florida of Ohio River Valleys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that's a that's a great point because that well, did happen a lot. Yeah. The, yeah. That happened, that happened all the time. Yeah. Um. But on your on your article, and you mentioned like the the on where the articles were like were they just making these stories up just for readers um a lot of these articles that i find they're not they're not on the front page and they you know because you can tell when you see a front page like whenever i'm looking at it you don't get to see it because i have to crop out and just put so you can read it but whenever i'm doing my research a lot of these are not on the front page and they're not at the top of the page either so just just for people to know they're not they're not if there was like some spin story that they were trying to grab readership and stuff, it wasn't that. It's hard to imagine that they were inventing clickbait back then with giant stories. You know what I mean? And some of them probably yeah, were. Like the Cardiff Giant we know is horseshit. We looked into mm-hmm. it. Okay. We dug into the Cardiff Giant was a complete hoax. Uh, they know for a fact that was – right. I know the name. I don't remember the whole story. 
um, it, it was it's probably the most famous giant story uh, yeah. in the country that made the New York Times rewrote it. But just because one might be news. a spoof doesn't mean that all of them are. And that's what always but happens, what even though people, there could be one. People point to that one. Yeah, that's man. But it sucks. People are like. The Cardiff Giant was complete garbage. Everybody was doing this. You know, that guy, it, the Cardiff Giant had connections with Barnum. P.T. Barnum's partner so what? was involved mm-hmm. in that weirdness somehow on the back end. You know, they're these weird people, make, they're doing yeah. sideshows. Well, they wanted to make some extra money on the side or yeah. with their for their shows. So, like, yeah. they didn't have one where they could just create one. Yeah. Maybe they couldn't mm-hmm. go just dig up a giant skeleton and put it in the show. So, they're like, we'll just make one. Right. It's yeah, not a bad idea. And, and Freemasons, a lot of these Freemason lodges in Ohio were all those guys were out there digging up mounds, looking for weird artifacts, gathering stuff. Yeah, I mean, we had a we have a lot of Masonic old Masonic lodges in Ohio. I'm just waiting for somebody to do a modern day dig, like you're saying now, of like they're gonna put up a house or whatever and somewhere that it's enough some... that there's enough coverage, and then next thing you know, there's that like, hey, we found a ten footer. Like, what? Sorry, what? We're going to need to see that one. We are going to need to see that one. It's going to have to be televised. Right. But do the Mm -hmm. men in black show up and, you know, (laughs) it's going to have to happen. That's a good. Yeah. What happens if you were to publicize that? Like, how long is it going to last? That's (laughs) And everybody's going to discount it as a fake or a hoax. You know, if it it ever reaches mainstream news, it's going to get kind of shifted, even if it is real. Hopefully they reach out to Mm -hmm. us if it's found in Ohio. (laughs) That's what I want. Oh, man. (laughs) Do a special, special episode at three in the morning. We just show up. (laughs) Turn on the lights. Get the studio hot. Let's go. Oh, man. You know, you know, there's more there that are undiscovered. Right. Uh, like, Like you're saying. Yeah, they weren't all in these massive burial mounds, nope. but those are the king. Those are the kings, the chieftains, um, and even I have a book. Uh, I don't have it in front of me, but uh, Monuments of the Mississippi Valley, I think, is what it's called. Uh, Cyrus and uh, can't remember his, uh, Squire his name, Davis. but they were from. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, Squire Davis from the Smithsonian. You know, they went all across, and I was just trying to learn more about the different types of mounds. And they were said there were different types of mounds. Like you had the ones for dead, you had ones that they weren't sure what they were, you had the ones that were for temples. Um, but they did point out that not all of the people were in the mounds. Like some of them were just in regular flat burials. Like right. they've discovered, like just a what would you call it, a graveyard per se, without all the headstones. Mm-hmm. So, so how many how many are out there that are undiscovered? I mean, I, I feel like there's a lot that are still buried. Right. Good point. I, I would agree. Um, yeah, our our buddy Jeffrey Wilson, we've had on the show a couple times. He's doing a, an expanded edition of Ancient Monuments of the Mississippi Valley. It's almost out. He's working on his bibliography, and and uh, basically he, he added this whole catalog of these undiscovered maps that no one's ever seen. He's got a lot of stuff. That all these people throughout hundreds of years, 200 years now, we've thought that they were the ones that drew the maps that are in ancient monuments of the Mississippi Valley, all the surveys. Turns out these more obscured uh, cartographers are really the guys that created all these maps, never got credit, and it seems as if Squire and Davis have completely taken credit, and this is all... 
kind of yeah. really brand new stuff that isn't yeah. officially out. We're still waiting um, on the book to come out. Jeff is hard oh, work, but wait. he always gets You'll love more that, documents yes. or he'll get another, you know, cache of oh, it never information. Ends. He's and, like you, dude. He never it never stops. Yeah. We're trying yeah. to get him to hit the hit the <laughs> hit the cut it and just just make it. And he can't stop. Whatever else keeps coming Publisher. in. Yeah, 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 yeah. Volume two. Make we're, a volume two. We're trying. Yeah. We're yep. trying. But he just he. Right. I think he has one of those. Um, you know, um, he's so thorough and he wants he's it to so be thorough. so succinct and and have it all together and that I think yeah, he's I get just. It. He'll get there. He'll get there. It's real close. Yeah, it's it's close. real close. We're. we're I'm waiting. so glad. Yeah, yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait to see that. I'm glad you said that because when I was reading through their book, I'm like, they're not really talking about skeletons here. They're hardly mentioning them. They don't. Why? Why? Because I've I've found all these articles, but they don't touch on sizes or anything. They did talk. They did touch on that. You know about the burials. They did touch on that intrusive burials. They talked about that too. Um, I'm learning more about the the forts. And the walled forts and all these fortifications and yep. whatnot from them, but that, I find that interesting that they might not be responsible for the actual maps. You it's, know, that's to oh, me that's crazy. Really, uh, really brand I would new say information. A bulk of them, they're not Most responsible of them. for. Yeah, and they were re. If they did draw them, or mm-hmm. the part of their crew, they were based off of somebody mm-hmm. else's map yeah much older maps that date yeah. back to you know the it was written in 1842 i think is when mm-hmm. uh it was monuments was put I out two idea. guys from chillicothe it was the first book that was ever written or published by the smithsonian or had anything to do with the smithsonian um but you know there's a guy from kentucky that they were basing a lot of their work off too um, he had written a book in like 1820 that predated ancient monuments of the Mississippi Valley. That, and he doesn't really talk about giants or giant skeletons, hmm. except in a couple of his like journals. But none of that really made it in his book either. So it's weird hmm. that a lot of these early books you just don't hear the accounts, but a lot of them are in town hall reports or newspaper articles or um, these antiquarian journals. But um, as far as those books, I haven't been able to find much either, Travis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's crazy. And you wonder why. Um, that kind of makes you start to doubt about, you know, the giant skeletons, like, you know, in the back of your mind. But then you have to tell yourself, like, well, what about the massive battle axes that they've found, the massive weapons right. or even foot- footprints in riverbeds, right. you know, around the earth? Now, you, we see pictures of those, and you can't refute that. I mean, those aren't carvings, and that. neither are, yeah, neither are these big stone battle axes. There's a, um, gosh, I need to just write it down so I can remember it. But it's a museum in Branson, Missouri. The owner, the guy who uh, owns Bass Pro, built this museum. It's like Museum of Ancient Ozarks, uh, Native American history, or something. But down in the basement, you have hundreds and hundreds of battle axes. Uh, just on display. And these things are huge. Some of them are like, you know, nine to 10 inches and they're like six to seven inches tall. And these are granite um, b- wow. battle axes. Wow. And, and they even mention in there, like, just look at the size, like I was reading and it's like, look at the size of these, these weapons. And, and some of them were just gardening tools, just huge. Um, just think of how strong these people were. I was like, yeah, I bet, I bet they were strong. 
And so when you come up, you come across these articles and it mentions that the stone battle axes discovered with these 68 giants. Um, so I, you can actually go witness these. I think this guy has a lot of them that were written from, or you know, written about in these articles. He has them on display down wow. in the basement and you can go see it. I have a question. Wow. I have a question about the Wisconsin's got a lot of because earthworks. When, when you say they're like giant axes, do you mean like they're oversized or they're like they're heavy? Like this? We talking he- like heavy? So like because I for like my yeah. Go ahead. And the only reason I said is I saw this mm-hmm. post and it was this weird ancient form of training and strength training and it was like this whole theory based off of like you know this pole with like the the weight on the other end and like maneuvering and like that whole so what it is is like this mm-hmm. it's almost like a viking like strength training core at like to be able to use those weapons too but to do those you're moving those very slowly and you're building up all those muscles so that when you're actually using like a sword or an actual axe you're you know you that thing's like flying through the air like butter you're not wielding mm-hmm. an axe that would actually take me effort because I don't lug a five pound axe around even a lot. Like that's going to take, but if you are like, you know, trying to use one of those as like a, a weapon or what have you or something, you know, that's the only way I could see it because otherwise it doesn't make any sense. Like I'm not wielding a granite axe. Like it doesn't like 40 pound axe isn't going to make much sense to me. Right. No, I mean, that's a good point. I, I don't have the answer to that, but there were a lot of them there. And I know what you mean. Like they had ax heads that were small. Right. And I was like, okay, I could wield that. Yeah. I could wield that one. Um, but I'm not, I can't touch that one. And why are there so many of them? Um, some people say, well, that's ceremonial, but you go back to the articles that mention, Hey, there's 68 giants and seven feet. And most of them, a lot of them were much taller than seven feet. And also their battle axe, stone battle axes are, are buried with them. So what were the, you know you know what i mean it's like that kind of connects the dots okay in yeah, my mind for sure yeah that, that's that's much more proof in the pudding on that end of yep. saying oh no they were they were seven footers and their axes are with them like okay then i'm with you i mean i believe that there were giants and that there are still like I said probably out there to be discovered yet but that it just doesn't fit with what we want the narrative to be and like I said with herdlica coming through the smithsonian he really kind of put the brakes on it but why? What if they're not here anymore? Or what? You know why? Why the big mystery? Why the no? 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 Everybody's like you know, you know, six foot eight is tall enough, or you know, seven foot that's tall enough. Like we don't need people <laughs> why to eight foot or nine anything? foot or ten. I don't get you know? it. Yeah, I don't why is understand anything it. Hidden? What does it break? Yeah, that's. I don't know. I mean, it. Does, I mean, it goes against the Darwinistic theory. I mean, if you think about that, I don't know. You know, like they were all when kind you of look buddies behind the scenes. Darwin and yeah. a lot of these guys were kind of like eugenicists and in these weird little clubs together. Oh, and you kind of had this like new scientific elite <laughs> elitism coming in, where the historian, the ethnologists, and the scientists kind of all were hanging out together. And, mm. you know, don't promote this because it's going against my theory. There's oh. all these giants being found. You're hurting my credit. Yeah. That's one thing I've heard. Who knows that, if that's bullshit or not. But I'll tell you what. Stranger yeah. things have happened for someone's ego. They're sitting back in a cigar room, you know, puffing cigars, <laughs> talking about, mm. you know. Yeah, I believe it. Unknown I history. I could go there. I could buy that. Um, 
But uh, I mean, just look at the, the old school books or maybe they still have it like that. Some, but like you had, you see the diagram of, you know, the little monkey and he's, you know, a little bit taller, little arch yeah, in the back. Yeah, and he yeah. finally, finally is standing at like six feet tall. You know, maybe that's like, that's as big as you're going to get basically. Right. You know, the odd time you may be six, eight, like you're saying, but right. that is a slap in the face of that theory. If you were to continue to talk about these guys that were like, here's a 10 foot guy, his teeth are the size of a horse's tooth. Let's try to, let's try to explain this. Like people are going to believe this hardly. So his teeth are like horse's teeth. If you can imagine that and his his skull is an inch to an inch and a half inch thick. Yeah. Um, and his shoulders are four feet wide and he's eight feet tall or whatever, you know, just God. I'm skipping to another, I'm skipping to another giant, but yeah, that's like, if you're eight foot tall, he's four foot wide at the shoulders. So that's not just like an NBA guy. I don't think I know of an NBA guy right. that's four feet wide. No. I mean, he may be seven foot six, but he's not anywhere close to four feet wide. No. I don't even know if he's three foot wide. I mean, I may be wrong, but I don't know. Well, I don't think he's even 36 inches. Put it into perspective. If, let's say, 2,000 years from now, people start digging up our graves, how many seven-foot-tall people are you going to find? Not that many. Mm-hmm. Look how many seven-foot seven foot and up skeletons they were pulling out. I mean, these articles are just nonstop, constant. Mm-hmm. There's some tall constantly. people nowadays. I mean, it, There is, but, I mean, it's not every day that you run into Shaq. No, is what I'm saying. Yeah. You don't. You know, it's you don't. People are for the most part yeah. average height. I mean, we only have a handful of people that we know that are above six six. Mm-hmm. I know a fair yeah, number I mean, of people above six six. Yeah, I mean, think about it too. Like, if you were to open up a grave, say the guy was, if the guy was five five, the the skeleton might have spread out a little bit. You know, too, that's something to keep in mind. So maybe he did appear to be six foot or six yeah. five. But what about the ones that are massive, though? You know, the bones are so thick. Um, you know, I don't know. I don't know. That's just just a thought I had. Um, and but to go the other way with that, you know, our skeletons are a little shorter than what we are because of all our flesh. So. You yeah. know, if I were to rot away, I'm not going to be six two. Yeah, you know, exactly. I am now, but like I have skin on my feet. You know, yeah. I've got all the ligament. You know, so I don't know. Kind of a strange way to think, but it's just it's true though. Yeah, it's it's an interesting uh, subject that I th- I don't think is going away anytime soon. I mean, just the amount of people that are uh, interested in just the volume of documentation that you found. And people yeah. can throw away, oh, well, you know, these newspaper articles don't mean anything. We don't have the bone. I think the newspaper articles and the town hall reports are very important. That's where you got to start. Why is it poo-pooed? Why don't they mm-hmm. – why don't Why don't people give credit to this – th- it's documentation as far as I'm concerned. Some of them are hoaxes, sure, but, I mean, there's so many. How can you deny something is going on? I just want to see the day that, like, there's a show that's like, you know, the, the History Channel goes to the Smithsonian. <laughs> Brought to you by somebody that, you know, actually goes in there and just literally they just go through all of it. It's probably all gone by now. What do you do with all that? Just throw all those bones away? They're reburying a lot of them, repatriating them. Hmm. But, uh, yeah. We we have uh, a couple of bookmarks on your Instagram page, Travis. If we can, uh, yeah. Stoner, if we could uh, start 
uh, actually just bring up the one of those links. We can start wherever, but uh, but anybody that wants to check out, uh, here's Travis's Instagram page, Giants of Ancient America. Um, it's pretty sweet, man. You have a variety of of. I mean, and I love the way you edit your page too, so we can actually read the article. So kudos mm-hmm. to you because a lot of people have kind of copy and pasted sloppily where you can, you know, find these clippings, but they're just really hard to read. They're low resolution. So um, this yeah. is great. Not very. Yeah, easy. it takes some work. Oh, yeah, we can yeah. totally tell. <laughs> yeah. Um, but this one here, I, I wanted to just mention uh, Fort Hill, which is an, a really great site that's close to Serpent Mound. Um, and, and what was your conclusion about looking into Fort Hill? Cause there's so many interesting stories about this place and they found, uh, evidence of sm- uh, smelting metal. Mm. So one of the Rangers handed me on our hike, handed me uh schlag from, you know, and they're not hiding it at all. Like somebody was up here making tools, metal tools. And that's part of the tour wow. when you go there. And that's the same Ranger that told me and my wife about the giants and the, the legend of the Nephilim down in the parking lot. <clears throat> and so these forts is what they call them. But, you know, there's not a lot of evidence of people in ancient times warring with each other back then from what it seems like. What do you think about these places like that- Fort Hill, Spruce Hill? Mm-hmm. Um, they're different well, kind of earthworks. Yeah. It was, to me, it was just, I wanted to just, instead of just always posting about giants, I was like, well, what were they doing? What was their daily life like? And so that's why I was like, well, I'm going to just kind of re-put, you know, redo some of these stories that I'm finding in this in these books. Or these, now I'm finding out that it really wasn't uh, Squire and Davis maybe making these maps, which I think is awesome. But, you know, just like, what were they doing? Why were they having to make these forts? And these really it was like a fortification, if I understand it right. So they could see what is coming, what an enemy, if they had an enemy, see them approach. Um, they had access points. And like, and a lot of these it said it was very steep. Like mm-hmm. you couldn't hardly penetrate penetrate this. Um, so I was thinking like if they were giants, they would they could just build a city, but it seemed like they saw they were intelligent enough to look at the natural lay of the land. It's like, well, let's build this fort on top of this high spot. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't know why they were doing it. Um, other than legends of them fighting each other, other other races of giants, like you said, the red hair and the black hair giants. Um, yeah. not sure who their enemies were and why would they would be afraid enough to have a fortification. Unless it was just strategic planning for futuristic events that they didn't even foresee to be coming, but just like, you know, just something intelligent to do yeah, for down the road. Right, exactly. But the fact that they found evidence of smelting metal, yeah, and then, you know, you dig these things up. One of our big interests is the copper gorgets that they find, which is basically like a big Egyptian-style breastplate, and these mm-hmm. just really ornate pieces of jewelry that are just like out of this world, you know? Yeah. So we're, we're, I think that's one of the things we always dug up and found out when we did our episode on the giants was the reason the Smithsonian took the stance they did on the giants, on the native Americans, on the way they kind of just pivoted the story in general is, you know, we, 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 we can't say they're intelligent 
because then we're coming over here and we're wrecking a society. Like we're not coming over here and saving them from being these helpless, you know, warmongering tribes that, you know, don't know how to, they've been here thousands of years, but we're going to finally bring, you know, society to them. Yeah, they thought that's the way they framed it. Right. So you can't come over here and wreck house if somebody's been living here for thousands of years and has a way of life. And so anytime they started finding these, you know, especially anything like with the the metalwork and stuff like that, they're like, no, no, no. Yeah, that never happened. You know, it just it got hidden really quickly or, you know, things like that just didn't seem to really make a lot of waves and they yeah. were you know very simple and they were native americans and sadly they all died from smallpox and yeah manifest yep. destiny hurrah yep that's a great point that's probably one reason that they stopped talking about all these stories because yeah you're right like i found more than once um giants having this copper covering you know car- copper armor sometimes they had copper crowns yeah and so that's like if you were to keep showing those in the Smithsonian, like you couldn't justify your taking over of all the land. No. Yeah. It makes total makes total sense. Copper crown. And it I makes even more already. sense that when we arrived here as the settlers or what have you, that we were being helped out by the natives on how to get food and how to procure crops and all kinds of information they were giving us, right? Like sadly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's really funny because, and, and then you think like all the movies and the portrayals, like typical, like say a Western or something from maybe the forties, fifties, whatever, like it would, didn't portray native Americans as very Doesn't age intellectually well. savvy or, you know, that they knew like the cosmos and the passing of, you know, the stars overhead and whatever, but they knew a lot, but yeah, we, we had to dumb them down. Yeah. We had to make them look very, you know, primitive. You know? Like they needed help or something. Right, yeah. right, right. Like, they well, they were our, just our religion. Yeah, like they how, needed Jesus. Or more that they were almost like mm-hmm. animalistic as opposed to like developed modern humans living in society with clothes and streets and cars. And well, not at that time, but they didn't you know, need it, yeah. society, you know, yeah. they were more tribalistic and that, you know, whatever. Probably that, healthier, what, happier. Sure. Yeah. I would say. Well, tribalistic is is another way of law and order. They had law and order within their tribal systems. Yes, they did. It just didn't look like uh, didn't look like England's version of it, right? Exactly. Which <laughs> England's version of it wasn't necessarily the best. I feel like just you had some good settlers coming away. They were trying to run away from this, you know, stuff in the West in in um, England, but. You have you always have got you always have the bad guy that comes to the top and starts controlling things. So like, let's push yeah. all these natives out. Let's take them out of our land. We found gold here, so we need to uh, yeah yeah we yep. need to extract them from their land so we can extract the gold. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. And that's just that's evil. That's just pure evil. Yeah. Driven so you always have greed. these guys running. Yeah, and that somehow they always have the money behind them to make it happen. Mm-hmm. So it's crazy. It does 100%. seem like the same old so- song and dance, doesn't it? It does all over and over again. It's so sad, but hey, maybe one of these days it'll stop and the music will change and uh, we'll, we'll, you know, the Smithsonian will, you know, start advertising all the giant skeletons they have and they'll have, you know. Do you imagine? Doors open wide to the public. Come on in and check them out. Like, we'll have this whole kumbaya moment globally and everybody will say, let's just get on board with the fact that all of history has been you know, obfuscated to all of us. Let's I, cause that's what I'm saying. Like to me, that's the whole wizard of Oz moment that I think really needs to happen is the fact that like, we're all kind of like 
we think we have a good beat on what's going on, but we're still trying to figure it out ourselves because we clearly don't trust or believe the actual stories we're told a lot of times. Yeah. 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 Why is that? Because again, there's smoke, there's fire usually. Like there's yeah. a good oh, reason for, sure. for these cliches. They mean something. They mm-hmm. carry weight with them. <laughs> yeah. And Travis, before the show, we were chatting with you a little bit about some of the connections that people have brought up with Sasquatch and the giant skeletons mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and some of the crossover yeah. there of of, you know, Sasquatch we think of as this kind of wild man of the forest, but you know, were they yeah. in ancient times maybe wearing copper gorgets and more civilized right. and decided to just bolt into, uh, you know, and break away from are the giants Sasquatch? Are Sasquatch the giants? Are we looking at this? I personally think there's it's separate, but there are instances where they absolutely could be. That's it's, it's really not a black tough. and white issue. Yeah. Well, I can share with you an article. I don't have it in front of me. But I can share with you an article I came across, and it was talking about while well, I was searching for giants, right? And the the name of the article was called, or the title was called, "A Gigantic Figure." Okay, so this story was in the Ozark Mountains in Missouri, and somewhere in the 1800s, and these guys were out um, hunting, and it was kind of a snowy day, and they they thought they were tracking a bear because it has some weird, really long, gigantic footprints in the snow, but it seemed to have like claw marks. They weren't, they looked like claws to them. So they tracked, they tracked it for miles and miles. Um, eventually they heard a noise from a ridge above them and they looked up and there was this gigantic figure. And the way the article described it, I, I'll never forget it. Um, it said this giant, and it's like it was a uh, wild man. They call it, you know, back then they called him wild men. Mm-hmm. Um, but as a gigantic figure, he was holding a massive, like an eight foot long club. And he had a loincloth on, it said. And he had some rude moccasins with like um, thongs, like, you know, whatever they would use to tie them to get the moccasins right. together. Mm-hmm. That's what the claw marks were. They're like, oh, mm. this isn't a bear. And it was dislodging a boulder, and it was sending this boulder down towards them because they they it was tracking it. They were tracking this thing, but to me, what was crazy, it sounded like they just described a sasquatch because it was covered in hair. Yeah, but yet it had some sort of minimal clothing on, like it had a loincloth and some sort of. And then you could say, you know, we could say whatever. Like I didn't write the article, I don't know what to make of it, but. It was there, and so like this is nuts. Man, so that that, that like, lights me up because we've it's saw interesting. we saw the renderings from DA and and Robbie. That's what I said. Where they've had you know accounts of these Sasquatch looking kind of Native American looking that they're more human looking. Yeah. Then and then some of these things are just like straight up, just above a a, a chimpanzee or a gorilla. Where they're Billy they're more. Animalistic, the Billy apes, yeah. right? But the Congo had, apes, the movie, the Congo. You remember that uh, film? The, yeah. the the apes that guard the lost city of Zinge, the like kind of rough looking guys and gals, or you know their faces are all scarred up. Those are Billy apes, and those are a real type of ape. Like they didn't think they existed, 
and they are just these horrifying. Like if you ever Google it, man, it give Johnny. yourself a nice little nightmare, <laughs> nightmare. Yeah. Nugget. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, write um, that down. but yeah, you know, like <laughs> said, we were talking about earlier, there's this whole kind of like spectrum of, you know, apes. And, and so when we talk about Sasquatch and when DA mentioned it to us and had those renderings, we're like, it really changed my perspective on that. And to some of these effects too, of like, well, that you've got giants in these mounds and it, it's really hard to, it's yeah. hard now because yeah. again, nobody kept good records and apparently the Smithsonian just bulldozed everything over, set it on fire. Who knows? Damn it. Jay from cryptos of yeah. the horn. Yeah. Jay did it all. Our buddy. <laughs> we joke. He's a Smithsonian plant. You, you've talked to the cryptos of the corn guys before. Haven't you? I don't know if I have yet. Okay, I wasn't Maybe sure I if they've had you on the show, or uh, I, I know they're definitely aware of your work. I, I know they're yeah. followers of your they're Instagram page. Good guys. Um, but <laughs> um, what was it? Yeah, say? I've had. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh no, go ahead. Okay, so I've had people say like, "Well, how do we know that these aren't Sasquatch in these mounds?" Yeah. You know, just because they're so big. Um, I was like, "Well." Like to your point, like it, well, this has armor, it has copper armor, or it has jewelry, or or it has some sort of weapon. Not saying that Sasquatch can't have a weapon, but you know, that was always my answer. Yeah. Um, but then I found that article and I was like, Well, I don't know what to make of that. Like sure. I had that's when I had that thought. Maybe they may maybe they just don't have time to uh create armor and weapons like that and clothing because they're more on the run than they are having time to create things. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That was just a thought that came across my mind one day. So. I mean, it makes total sense. They're running, running for the deepest part of the woods. You know, they don't have time for, they got to live as basic yeah. as possible. Never seen one. I would like to <laughs> at a safe distance. <laughs> yeah. Well, that might happen soon. <laughs> I well, hope so. I don't at a great. safe distance. Yeah. Travis, have you you said you were a hiker. You ever come across anything interesting when it comes to a Sasquatch sounds or wood knocks mm-hmm. or footprints or anything when you've been out there? I've I've actually had a lot of things like that. Um, my first encounter, as I would call it, is an encounter was um, in Virginia in 2014. Um, I was with a buddy, and I've already, I was already doing giant stuff for a year at that point, like just on my Instagram page, but we were hiking in the mountains in Virginia and we, we were going up a logging trail and long story short, it started to veer in a direction that he didn't want to go in. And I'm not from Virginia. So I was just hiking with him. And so he just stepped off the logging trail towards the right. And we walked a little, little distance and something growled at us like, Super deep guttural growl. I mean, like the deepest man's voice you can think of, you know, multiplied times 20. I can't replicate it at all if I wanted to. But it was probably 30 feet in front of us. We couldn't see it because it was like some laurel. It was August. So there's a lot of green. Um, so there's just real thick forestry, right? Or bushes right there. So something was laying in that. And it growled because it didn't want us to keep walking towards it. Cause it would have been a little bit of a weird situation, right? If we just started walking right in it yeah, and then it beat. So it let out a warning growl and we knew exactly that it was a warning growl. Like we could read that. So we stopped, we froze. We didn't move anywhere. We just stayed there. 
I don't know why we did that. We just froze. Um, and then it growled again, like, and I could feel it saying like, get out of here. What are you still doing here? That's what the, that it was a different pitch to the growl. Like, what are you doing here still? And so at that point, um, we started to leave. So he started walking instead of walking to the trail, like we just had come up, he walked straight down the mountain through the thick, thickest stuff. No, like that thing was hiding in. And I was like, dude, wait up, wait up for me, man. And I, I had this cool rock that I was going to take because it was so, it was like quartz. thought it was pretty sweet. I got rid of that real quick. And I was trying to get him to slow down, but he wouldn't, he hardly slowed down for me. So that was my first encounter there. I looked it up, you know, black bears don't growl. Like I was like, okay, I might be onto something here. I went back there the next few years and I would go back in there alone. That's when I heard my first wood knocks, like, banging on trees with just me out there. Whoa. Um, yeah. I had my, I had my machete though. So I was fairly safe. <laughs> yeah. Wait a minute. So black bears can't growl. Okay. So if you look it up, they make more huff sounds. They don't make a growl sound like I heard. Uh-huh. And okay. so that's but, okay. They make sounds, they make sounds, but if you look it up, it's not, not like, like a, what I heard. Right. Not a sustained, yeah. like rumbling, like, R- but they guttural. might be like, Oh, or like give you like a chortle or something, but they're not going to like right, right. keep it rolling. Right. Like yeah. a grizzly so, might roar, but not a black bear. Not a black bear. Yeah. Okay. And so, yeah. So I was trying to eliminate, well, what are the options here? Sure. Like, what does a black bear sound like? Well, it wasn't that. Um, but since then, I, I heard, I took a metal detector out there. I was looking for like, um, and I, we had permission to be on this property. It was a friend of his. And I was looking for like artifacts from Civil War or Revolutionary sure. War. And I was beeping along. Well, and I was, you know, digging around, but I heard a big boulder crash from up on top of that mountain. And nobody lives up there. And that's the same mountain I was hiking on and got growled at. And so I got curious. And so my curiosity always overrides fear for me. So I just <laughs> I was like, well, I'm going back up there. And that's when I started hearing the wood knocks after I sat there for like 30 minutes, just quietly with my back against a tree. So Virginia, I have had a lot of encounters like that, like no sighting, no visual. But there's something in the woods there that bangs on trees, drops boulders, growls. So something's going on out in the woods. Isn't that where Jessica's from? I think so. Virginia, the cryptid so. huntress. Don't hold me to that. I'm pretty sure she's from Virginia. Sorry, Jessica, if, if you're not. But uh, I, I know we've heard stories about Virginia being super squatchy. Yes. I mean, those mountains of Virginia, like the. I've driven through there it? a bunch Shenandoah, of times. Uh, Shenandoah State Park mm-hmm. and, and Blue Ridge. Just absolutely yeah. beautiful. Blue Ridge Parkway. Yeah. yeah. That's where it was, right, right, right in there. Really? I've been hiking mm-hmm. out there, camping gorgeous, out there. Sorry. Yeah. Lots of thick, Not a bunch, thick but forests. Spent and, a little time. And you, you know, yeah. it's it's got it's mountains like the Oh mountains. yeah, yeah. I mean, yes. You can hide. Yes. It's squatchy as all get out at certain points. Yeah. My wife and I went on a hike there one day and it was a, it was the grossest hike ever. Everything was dead and gray and it <laughs> yeah. just stunk and we hiked the coolest yeah. part was we did hike this like ridge line. And you could like see once we got out of that and you came out of this kind of like depth of a valley, right? And then yep. across the way, like miles, 20, 25 miles off, you could see, but like somebody must have like a cannon out there and they were like firing those off. Like, oh yeah, you want to talk about, saw some massive estates, like where the person's front yard was five acres 
to get to the oh. road. Like, you know, the house is just setting back. Like, like they just have yeah. these huge, huge swaths. Like, it's so cool. But, like, big, big farmland out there. Very, very pretty. But, yeah, yeah, I love it out there. Uh, oh, yeah. But, yeah, it's Yeah, squatchy. so that was my – yeah, squatchy for sure. And Texas is squatchy, too, because I was back in Texas well, – I'm from Texas. So there was – let's see, when was this? This was, like – it might have even been the same year, later that year in December – or the next year, can't remember how to go look, but I was driving down a country road. Like we have a lot of country roads out here in Texas and I was driving at night on a country road and these roads, they don't have any stripes down them. So it's wide enough for two vehicles to pass each other. And it was like seven o'clock at night on in December. So by that time it's been dark for a couple of hours and I remember I was I was driving down this road and I, I was looking at headlights, oncoming headlights, because I have a bad habit of looking for d- drunk drivers. Like I I tend to stare at their headlights because I don't I want to see if they're swerving or not. Yeah, sure. Something ran something ran in between me and his headlights at a rate of speed. It took one second to cross this road. Ooh. And yeah, and he had a back angle of like a 15 degree angle. And I didn't see arms, but it was a humanoid figure, and his head was slightly below the tree line. So that would be, I went back and measured. Of course, when I wrote it down, I was like, I had to be like seven foot tall. That was just my, cause that's what my mind would allow me to write. Mm-hmm. But I got to think it's like, well, where were those trees? Well, I went back and measured. They were closer to like around 11. What made me think that I was following down that road, a semi truck one time during the day. I was like, wait, how's he going to, down this road? I need to measure this tree line. Well, it was way up there. So his head was below the tree line. So it had to put him around between 10 feet to 11 feet. Wow. And so this was at night, a hop across the road, basically, you know, we, we, this seen, thing was moving so fast. Yeah. It scared and, me. It was moving so fast. It reminds me of some, um, and we're, we're not, I mean, we've seen the footage. It was off air. Um, you know, DA and Robbie showed us that, uh, military helicopter footage from Oklahoma, I believe it was, or Texas. I have no idea. Of um, any but this of thing's running that. through this basically like riverbed area, and then they're tracking it through the trees at one point. And you know, you've got all the hill, uh, military, um, the overlays of all the different, um, like you know, you have your kind of heat sensor you have your uh, all their different um, overlays i guess for the video and then you could see it was blurred on purpose because when you get like those uap videos whatever it is they blur those videos before they they release them or or give them to people and it, it was slightly blurred you could tell the instrumentation was legit and they're tracking this thing and at one point it looks up at them like this and then and then keeps going and then this thing, just like you said, across this riverbed, and they had to say what that riverbed was, 20 feet wide, 25 foot, this little creek bed, and it really just took one hop over this thing, and it cleared this, oh, this creek. Just oh, like, wow. Boom. Yeah, it's not moving at speeds that you and I are moving at, like, oh, not at all. It was wild. It reminds Very me of, compelling. like, watching the Incredible Hulk movies, the first ones where, like, uh, he's out in the desert and he's running and he just starts taking, like, bigger and bigger leaps to where he's just, like, jumping, like, a couple miles in each step now, you know, just, like, ridiculous lengths. But, you know, if you're an eight, nine foot tall, 400, 500 pound, just muscle-bound primate, you know, mm-hmm. of 
lore and legend, yeah, you probably mm-hmm. you probably have some unique physical abilities. And I they're, mean, yeah. they're trying to get a go to release that footage to the public. I would yeah, love so to see that. It hasn't been released it's pretty yet incredible. to the public, but it's the most compelling Remember watching it being like, Sasquatch yeah. video I've ever seen because it, you can fake, tell. It's really good fake. You have <laughs> not fake. It's all of the amazing. instrumentation of the yeah. readouts of whatever device that they were flying or recording mm-hmm. on. Um, that was the most interesting part of it to me was all the things that you could see. Besides yeah. just the video that was around it, the instrumentation. Um, yeah, they had all the technology that yes. you could look at and see mm-hmm. the different readings or whatnot. Exactly. Yeah. And it was all blurred out, but um, still, you could see this thing pretty damn clear. Could you imagine seeing the super high-res version of of something like that? Yeah. I mean, they've got to have tons of footage. of Somebody's got it. Yeah. I know they do. I want to know where these things are hiding. Because whenever I saw that thing, I was like, wait, because where I saw it, it was like, there's a big forest over here. And then there's another large forest where it was heading. But there was like some fields in between. And so it was booking. I figured it out. I got on Google Earth and I did a lot of looking around. It's like, okay, where was it going? Um, But there's a lot of evidence that that was a pathway because I went back and you could see there was like a field T-post or like a metal field post and it had something had bent it two two directions where you could only see it that bend if you were looking straight on coming from a field to cross the road so it was almost like a marker um you wouldn't see that if you were driving down the road but if you were looking at it from a field to cross this road you could see that marker so and i don't know it ran across the road in like one second flat where it, the direction it came from there was like a six foot tall pipe fence and so I was like, it took me forever to figure out how, why didn't I see it landing and then running? Like how, well, it must've been tall enough. It makes sense now that he just kind of stepped over it when he ran. Yep. Just Jeez, like, um, just booked across the road like that. What? <laughs> yeah. Well, just think about it. If you were that tall yeah. around 10 foot, how long are your legs? Yeah. Like your I have to picture like, what? yeah, yeah. I don't know. So I didn't see its arms. So it kept its arms beside itself right so it had its arms and all i saw was his body his head and his his legs moving but he kept he was running straight kind of mm. almost like he was trying to hide as much of his body as possible mm. that's that's the feeling i got it's like that makes sense that's incredible it's so totally does. so strange yeah that's what i thought so, so I squatch that, hey got... <laughs> hide and seek champion still undefeated he's just trying to keep you know his it. title up do you think you mentioned uh, wanting to know where these things go? What do you think about? Mm-hmm. Uh, are you interested in the connection with other phenomenon that happens around Sasquatch sightings? You know, some people claim that there's mm-hmm. U- UAPs and UFOs that pop up right. or orbs. Right. Or there's other mm-hmm. phenomenon, dogmen, um, portals. Yeah, yeah. There's I a mean, lot that comes along with Sasquatch. What's, what's heard, your yeah? What's any interest in in some of those mm-hmm. kind of little bit further yeah, sure. out there? theories yeah sure uh you know because i've thought of it a lot it's like how are they staying hidden um because i i do some research in the area um where i saw this thing cross the road at Mm -hmm. night um i have access to an area close by and i've been out there at night you know i I stay safe 
But I was about to say you're bold, I, man. Dude, <laughs> out there, he's like, more curious than fearful. He's I know. Uh, <laughs> kudos. No, but I've seen I've seen the orb lights, and so there was one time I was wow. I I had found a trail like a trackway, and you could tell. I, mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm giving out too much information, but like you can see the there. I can see their trackways. Like you just kind of see it. It looks like an elephant has walked through this part of the of the uh, underbrush. It's like briars are here. Nothing's walking through here, but something crawls through here. And so I found one of those trackways, and I was up at night. It's about one thirty at night, and I was waiting. I was just waiting for this thing to pass because I knew it was a full moon. I'm just waiting for this thing to pass. Oh like I know this is where it goes. I wanted to see something crawling because um, I've heard that they crawl. Now, I've not witnessed it, but I've heard that. So I'm like, well, it's going to have to be crawling through here, like an army crawl. Dude. <laughs> so about around 1 to 1.30, I see this I see this orb. I've never seen this in my life at this point. And it's like, and it had a pattern. It's like flash, 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 flash. It's like a pattern of two, pat, uh, a brief pause, and then three flashes. It did that. It moved one direction. And then from... Okay, it disappears over here, but it immediately starts from where it started the first time and does that same pattern and goes the other way. And then a little bit later, maybe a minute later, it did the same flash, 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 but it stayed put. Now, it was a full moon and there was no hmm. body down there. I, I could see that, but there were four, there was some forest here, some forest over there. Now, after that light, after that orb light, I heard a strange owl sound in the woods. And then I heard a branch break over this direction. So I'm like, is somebody giving my, is somebody giving me away? You know, that's my thought. Like this light gave me away. And then I heard Whoa. something respond to the light. So almost like the light was like, Hey, there's somebody over here wow. waiting for you. What? So I don't know the what? Light was, Some kind of a dude, like, it was like what? system, dude. Who was it we were talking about the owl sounds with? What? Somebody was telling us about. If you're Maybe out Jesus. there, sometimes the owls are not owls mm. in their squatch. Hundred percent. Sasquatch. No, it might have been Da in them. Maybe I don't it was remember. DA. Somebody who it was. said that That's Sasquatch wild, can imitate dude. owls. That's not the first time we've heard about that. I've heard so that they're just very good mimics. freaks me out. They're very good mimics. So you're saying the light out there was like detecting you, even yeah, though you're just like was, in a blind or whatever. Well, you're hanging out like waiting. Yeah. Uh huh. It was. It was. Yeah. It was kind of ratting me out. It was like it was telling on me. It was telling them that I was there, but also it kept me from seeing them. Right. So like maybe I didn't need to see it crawling. Maybe that would have messed me up. Like the you know, spider, like, like the spider Bigfoot. You didn't, Joel. I, talks so about after know, all right? that, so after all that, then you heard this owl. You didn't see anything yeah. then, though. It. No, I haven't seen the body. I didn't see the body at this point. I didn't see the squatch at this point, other than the one I saw run across the road, like yeah, a few months before that. Yeah. So that's what got me looking in. It's like, wait a second, there's squatch around here. You know that because. You know, this is DFW area. There's there are so many riverways and forests. Like if you look at DFW Metroplex, you're looking at it. You're like, what? It looks like a bunch of woods and stuff. Because there's a whole lot of woods, pockets, and stuff. You know, around the Metroplex. So I was out outskirts of town, but where this all happened. Hmm. So, but yeah, that's why after that, I was like, well, I guess I'll just leave because 
I just got told on. I'm not going to see anything. <laughs> like, but I saw the lights. They're working for so, the squatch, yeah, okay. the lights, or okay. what, whatever. These lights. The lights. They, okay, these lights will change colors depending on the time of the year. Like this time of year, it was like lightning bug season. I'll just call it that. So, but this 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 light was the size of like an orange. So it wasn't a lightning bug. And lightning bugs aren't like that. The lightning bugs stay out just for a little while, and then they're by that time of night, they're yeah. they're asleep. Yeah. They're not flickering anymore. I've seen these same orbs. Like, dude, I was out a couple nights ago and I saw one, but it was like blue. Like I was hearing some bug. I'll just call it a bug, but it's like that didn't sound like a bug. And so I started making noises with my mouth and I looked away and then I looked and I caught a, a blue orb out of the side of my eye. I was like, and it was like 30 feet from me. And I was like, dang it. And then the bugs, the bug stopped making the noise for a while. It's like, what's going on here? So I see them and they change colors too. Like I've seen deep green. I've seen them where they're kind of floating through the woods, like almost leaving a trail. Oh, so they're not, God. Bu- they're not bugs. They're oh, not bugs. Oh, God, bro. Hmm. I've told you this story, and, and I, I, I think I've talked about it on the show, but the time uh, our our buddy, I think Roa was there for sure, our buddy Chris, but we had a cabin outside of Serpent Mound. We went to Serpent Mound for this event, stayed at this cabin, and then had this fire, hung out. And at one point, it just the, the air got a little creepy, man. And it was just Ooh. a weird vibe. And I remember getting kind of freaked out. And then all of a sudden we look up and this light goes through the tree like this. And I we always oh. kind of wrote it off. But and and you know, I think Roa said, Well, dude, that's a you know, that's probably that's a car. It's gotta be a car. And our other buddy was like, There's no road right there. There's not a road up there. There's no road. It's just trees. What do you mean? <laughs> you know how high that was up there? The road's over here, but and I'm like, dude, that's the road or something. They're like, he's like, no, I'm telling you. I could you, see how you could think that at night, too. though. And it was mm-hmm. this bluish purple. This is yeah. freaking mm-hmm. me out. Yeah. So later that night, we what go time outside. Of year? Uh, so that would have been, I think it was the spring equinox. Okay. It would have been September. Getting it was the color rainy. of the light. And, okay. It was mm-hmm. rainy that day. Mm-hmm. We went to Serpent Mound. We walked around with these Maori uh, elders, uh, some indigenous folks that were drumming and playing yep. flute. And we kind of, uh, it was one of Tom and Terry's events that, that's where I met Jeffrey Wilson the first time too. And I met Ross Hamilton that day with, with Roa and, uh, we were just participating, you know, we're like stragglers in the back. We're not really part of any group Mm -hmm. or anything. We're, we're there just to connect with what's happening. And, uh, all of a sudden it just started pouring down raining at Serpent Mountain. It was very, very clear. You know the weather out there is just so it's, weird. Yeah, pretty sporadic. Um, and then we're running to the car. We get in the car, and we start heading to this. Uh, uh, so that whole day was just strange, very, very weird. Met some very interesting people. Um, and, you know, our buddy was complaining about his eye. His right eye just completely swelled up out of nowhere. His eye was just completely inflamed. He was in so much pain. We we're trying to go to a store to get the get him eye drops. And then all of a sudden we get to we start this fire and then all of a sudden the eye thing totally goes away. And then that's where we see Ooh. this light. And then uh later that night we walk out to this big field and over here Serpent Mound over top of the, the trees and it's glowing blue. The only thing I can uh. describe is like the whole area over there, <clears throat> right where the mound was, was just had this kind of glow around it. 
And so we mm-hmm. come out of the moonlight into this darker part of the woods and we look down and it's all these glow in the dark little specks all through the and it looked like somebody cracked open what? a glow stick and sprayed no. glow stick juice all over the ground over the entire area. So we meet this Bigfoot researcher years later and she talks about these neutrinos that they find around Sasquatch encounters where it's these little glow in the dark things in the grass and on the tree. It's like this bioluminescent phenomenon that they've they've tracked and encountered with Sasquatch. Hmm. Never really thought about these neutrinos. I just thought it was some, you know, bioluminescent kind of worm or something that was in the grass at that time. But I've lived in hmm. Ohio my whole life. I've never seen these little glow stick spatter you know you've been to the luminous lagoon and i've seen them in costa rica i've seen bugs like that in the ground in costa rica but never in in the jungles and stuff i don't know i've just never looked so you know them in the sand i've seen them when you talk about those orbs it always makes me Mm. think that night and meeting that bigfoot bigfoot researcher and how that kind of all tied together and i remember maybe just being paranoid but hearing stuff out in the woods that made me feel uneasy like you know you're kind of being i mean light in general just doesn't make any sense yeah it's it's just not a car it goes through the airplanes not a helicopter you know yeah who knows what it was i've been i've been fronted by them like like pushed like when i say push like don't come any farther like I, i was on a phone one time chatting with a buddy but i was out there and i was like i started walking towards the woods more from this area and that thing came up towards me it's like you know it does a light and then it's gone and then here it is and it's not like a lightning bug it's like it was fast Hmm. i've seen them going over the tree canopy canopy i've seen two or three at one time so i was always thinking but maybe it's just one but like there's it's weird yeah yeah, it's multiple. Wow. The creepiest one I saw was like a deep green, and it was moving really slow close to the ground. I was like, man, that's creepy. And it was like the size of like maybe an apple. And it was just good. And But you know what? It, the weird thing, I've never heard this or experienced it before. Do you know what the sound, like the sound of like if you have a stick welder and you start welding that mm-hmm. sound? Yeah. That t- t- I want to say an electrical sound. It's like a... <clears throat> Yep, like yep. something getting electrocuted like clicking this thing made it yes it made an electrocute an electrocution sound as it was moving along it's like mm, ooh, like pulsing almost <laughs> weird yeah it's like it was that like a zapping sound hmm. like something wow. was getting zapped like it was that i think it was intimidation honest to be honest i think it was trying to intimidate me like yeah quit being quit being so curious like <laughs> You know what I mean? <laughs> but it's hard. Don't it's hard get for burned. Me. Maybe, Whoever you maybe, are. Maybe Sasquatch is actually the caretaker of us. Make sure we don't get too deep into Yeah. Maybe into he's the, the park ranger of humanity. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know, man. It's just like. Maybe he's coming around and keeping things in line, just making sure everybody's, you know. But mm-hmm. ultimately, he doesn't want to be seen. You know, he just wants to pull the right levers at the right times and. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, yeah. it's. But uh, here's the thing: it always so goes back many to variations, ancient civilizations, lost yeah. knowledge, yeah, the giants, right. Bigfoot, yes. UAPs, 
anything that I've been into, we've been into. It ties back together. People that we talk to and have had on the show, which our show is kind of a baby still, but just the volume of these similarities and the the old cliche synchronicities of yeah 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 of you know even talking to Travis, it's like boom, this connects, this connects. Well, and, and that's the cool part it's too. All just there's weaves, so many things that bro. line up for you. It might you know hit on something for you. It could hit for me, but. There are so many points where, like, if you've had a unique experience, it's really hard to validate or verify that unless you have somebody else that I've always has written that off until today. Experience. Right. Yeah. Right. It didn't make sense. It didn't have it was any a car headlight. Had nothing else to base it off yeah. of or verify against. Right. Mm-hmm. So now you're like, what the heck? Like, maybe, okay, that gets the wheels turning. That might be like, maybe we need to go back and, out there. And I would never claim that what I saw was mm-hmm. this or that. It's just we all saw it. We all yeah. saw it. And we all saw the weird little glow-in-the-dark neutrinos. I want to see that. And we all saw, you know, it, it's a fantastic spot. You know, hit me up if you guys – it's it's a rentable cabin. Yeah, we're going um, to – let's go rent that. It's on the um, Mound View Farms is the property, but it's this really amazing yeah. organic farm. But they have this weird little cabin you can rent on their property that's nestled in this cool woods. Um, but, you know, uh, two – Sounds perfect. 1.7 miles from Serpent Mountain. So it's up on top of the crater. So the crater hill, that property sits on top of the, one of the upheaval, the outside upheaval. Oh, cool! Of the crater. Oh, so it's wow. called uh, Serpent Mountain View Farms, and so you can, you know, you're kind of up looking down over that valley. Very cool. Really unique property. Like we should go stay there for a weekend. Yeah. Get some research in. Do some strange road research. Yeah. See the see the light. Well, maybe I would. I've never, you know, I've seen uh, some strange things, but I've never seen anything like that. I've definitely, not to my full awareness, had any kind of Sasquatch encounter. Yeah. Anything like that, but... um, Never yeah. saw a Squatch for sure. No, not that I'm aware of. Um, but I, I don't know, Travis, sounds like you've been, uh, since you've gone down this path, it feels like you're you're kind of a, maybe a magnet for, for some things yeah. right now. <laughs> it, feel, it, it really feels like it. Yeah. Like I didn't go out searching for it. It's almost like it found me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, but so but my curiosity probably lends to attracting more too. It's like, wait, yeah. okay, I saw that. You're Let me hang out, out a, some more. You're putting out a yeah. signal yourself. Uh, you Here's know. the deal. I feel like I am like when I go hiking, just I go hiking and I go as somebody who knows that they're there. And I think they know that I know about them. And so that's why I hear things like even even around Texas, hitting a riverbed, like I've heard things. I've heard I've heard them. So like like you said, the alcohol. So like there was one time, 2020, they closed down the state parks, and I didn't really hit state parks that often because I, I like to hike by myself. I don't like to go hit a trail that some park ranger created for me to walk on. And so I'll hit riverbeds, and and that's like core engineer or property or state owned property. Fewer people are out. But 2020, I hit this riverbed. Well, because state parks were closed, there were a ton of people at this river. And I hit the river walking. It was, I think it was summertime. So I could walk further down river than normal. Um, But I remember hearing this owl call out. And it was like three in the afternoon. Lots of people, kids swimming, fish guys down there fishing. I'm just walking along with my hiking stick and my machete. And I'm just walking. And I'm, and I'm walking kind of fast. Like I'm going to get past all the people. I'm going to go as far as I can. 
well, I guess I was being watched because there was an owl way off in this thicket of woods along the river down there, and it called out. And I'd heard stories of the owls before, and I'd already had experienced the story I told you about the orb and the owl. And I was like, that's strange. I mean, three in the afternoon, I'm hearing an owl, a barred owl call out. That's a common river owl around here. Um, but I just kept walking. I passed the farthest fisherman, and I, was, I kept walking. The riverbed is kind of dry. It has some water in it, enough to fish, but like there's a lot of banks. So I was just walking through the gravel, and something smashed like right beside me, 70 feet away at, at that bank. And I, I heard it like it had so much force that it, it's hard to explain. I was very scared. Like I had an extreme fear with the amount of force that this sound made. Wow. And I looked over and I could see part of a log still in motion. Whatever smashed, smashed a log against something. And I, I just stopped. And I looked back and the, the old man fishing was way back there. I was like, he had to have heard that. He had to have heard that. I was like, but because he's way back there, I'm not going to run away. I'm going to stay here. So I just, I got, I got out my phone and started videoing the spot. It's like, hey, something is right there. And it just smashed a log. To scare me. I mean, it was it was a loud enough smash. If it hit me, I probably wouldn't be alive. Right. That's how much fear I had. I was like, okay, I'm, but I'm gonna I'm gonna continue to walk downstream a little further. Like I'm gonna push the <laughs> limit a little bit. You know, it's like I acknowledge you're here. Right. I respect you, but you can't disrespect me. You know. Yeah. And so I went ahead and walked. I walked as far as I could to where the river kind of got wider, and I couldn't walk anymore without entering forest and i wasn't about to do that and so then i walked back but as soon as i get back to the bridge to go back to my truck i heard that owl call out again from that same location like hey he's leaving you know what? so like there's They're something that the owl that out well i don't know i think it or was a squatch it's, just, yeah, owl. Yeah, it's, it's a just a squatch yeah <laughs> i forgot to tell you that that's where that i was right where that owl had called out but when i got that smash happened Damn. So, yeah, that was what was that's how I was able to link it to the two together. And people don't realize how a big tree crash like that when you're in a woods and it's silent, that mm -hmm. is incredibly loud. I mean, oh, I it's a it's a definite wake up call. It'll get if, your attention. If you've ever been outside yeah. or walking down a sidewalk and a car crash has happened near you. It's an oh, right. unbelievably loud sound. We were partying in BG years and years ago, walking down the street, going to get something to eat. And this car, the car crash happened right in front of us on the road. And, dude, it scared the ever-living shit out of me. Yeah. Just the sound <laughs> of the <laughs> crash. When two yeah. big, giant, heavy things collide, it's unimaginably loud. Yeah, you're, you're, you're designed to know that and react Run. to that. Yep. Well, you know it's bigger than you. Yeah. Something smaller mm -hmm. dropping next to you, like if you drop that book mm -hmm. on the ground, you'd be like, okay, I hear the smack of it. That's yeah, great. A... But you drop something real heavy, like, you know, a bowling ball or something next to you yep. on the ground, you're like, well, I don't want to drop that on my foot. Like, mm -hmm. you know, instinctually. Mm -hmm. So when you hear something yeah. egregiously big, such as a boulder or yep. a tree getting smashed yeah. in half or whatever, a car getting, you know, yeah, those noises are very, like, at the same with thunder. You said right. it you hear the again. hell out of you, you Travis. Yeah, yeah. You feel you kind of feel it in your body, mm -hmm. and so like, oh, okay, wait a second. <laughs> that, 
maybe I shouldn't be researching. Well, that day I wasn't even going out for that. <laughs> like I was just going on a hike. But I was like, maybe I shouldn't be into all. Maybe I shouldn't. I don't want to be, end up being dead. But you know, well, I didn't think it had any ill will against me. It was just trying to make a point. Like there was all too many people out there anyway yep. for its territory. Its territory. So I didn't see it, but it had. I know. The owl didn't, an owl didn't do that, but that's where the owl, quote unquote, was residing whenever I started heading that direction. Yeah. So, damn, that's weird. That that's is so strange. funny. We just, uh, I'd never heard about owls and Bigfoot until we started this podcast up. Same. It's, it's Same. really, really Learning interesting. Learning a lot. That this is a common occurrence. You know, this is a. <sighs> There's a lot to learn. Being I verified, didn't know that they did the spider crawl. That was weird. I've heard that before. Yes. And, not uh, they, and you bringing it up, yeah, we've, we've heard it before crawl. from other guests and, and uh, podcasts and what have you. And it's like, they I'm get sorry, down what flat? did they do? Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, it was running alongside me, like on all fours. What, who, yeah. so, who, Joel? Joel. Remember Necro put it in the post image? Necro found... This uh, someone did a rendering of the spider Sasquatch, and somehow Jesus oh. said that too, though. No, it was during Joel's episode. He put it in Joel's episode. I, Jesus did talk about a Sasquatch. I thought Jesus talked as well. about it too. Yeah, absolutely. Because he said somebody was talking about running like to the house, mm-hmm. and like it was like a juvenile, like, but it was like next That's, to them on all fours, like, yep, trailing, like just sinking with them, watching them, just like toying with them. That's what I'm saying. Like that would freak me out, man. That's creepy. That would freak me out a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I want to have a close facial encounter with anything like that. I would rather see the orbs and be warned by them. Yep. Hey, I'll mess with those all day. As long as they leave me alone, like don't hurt me. Yeah. Um, uh, I would rather that than see the spider crawl stuff like close. Right. Close and close proximity. Right. Well, Travis, just to bring it full circle, is there any other Giants account or recording or article that you found recently that's just kind of burning you up or or you want to share with the audience? Because, um, you know, we could go on, I mean, article after article, but if there's any kind of one that really sticks out to you. Well, I'll, I will say this, uh, just a thought on the Giants, um, and it's a thought that I have a lot. And it's kind of what drives me is I feel like these are people. Um, and a lot of times they had regular sized people living among them, but these are people that they're, I feel like their story should be told. I don't, I don't feel like it should be suppressed. And like they're not in our history books and they're not in school books. You don't learn them at university, um, about them at the universities. Um, so I feel like that's one reason I do what I do is I feel like, Hey, Here's a per, here's a group of people that were unearthed and it said they had a strange hieroglyphic language, but we're not taught about this, but this was found in America. Um, they had some copper ornaments. They had this or what, you know, some jewelry or shell bead necklaces or a copper crown. I just feel like that is the story, right? Like that's as much as we know. So right. I feel like by just bringing it out, that's kind of what drives me is to, to, to be able to put this stuff out there. Like it, it's what, and it really is what drives me. But there are weird stories like the ones that supposedly had some horns growing on them or double rows of teeth or, you know, elongated skulls, like no foreheads, um, just, you know, sloping straight back. 
that to me tells me that they are different, a different type of human, if you want to call them human, um, or Nephilim. It just kind of verifies the Nephilim traits. Um, so it's, it, it's stories like that that um, really get to me and keep, keep me going. Yeah, the double rows of teeth, that's like kind of an East Coast story that you have. I know you had uh, an mm-hmm. article from Maryland that I saw on your Instagram page not too long ago. That was uh, mm-hmm. the old double rows of teeth, which that's kind of Jim Vieira found him being a New Englander. He was really into that. Not so much in Ohio, yes. Indiana, but mm-hmm. more like the area where you find the stone chambers is the the six, yeah. six toes, six fingers, double rows of teeth. Um it's it's just a really really bizarre uh, genetic makeup of of what they and some of them don't have anything, which is strange too, right? Are there yeah different yeah. types of giants? I'm some saying, of them, yeah, yeah. There's just a lot going on there. There's so many different descriptions, mm-hmm. uh, and to discount definitely them, di- yeah yeah definitely different tribes and and types of them. I've I've definitely seen that for sure, which is fascinating too. Like I feel like Florida had different types. You know, maybe a little bit smaller, but you know, the ones in Ohio were, you know, pretty big. A lot, you know, guys that were ten feet, a lot, nine feet. Um, but they were they were spread out everywhere, man. So, but I would say that's what, you know, I don't have like maybe one. It's just kind of like things I've gleaned from it, like like you pointed out earlier in the show, like they seem to be facing east, or their feet were facing east, or their faces were heads were facing east. They either they were worshiping something towards the east, or maybe they were worshiping the sun. Maybe they were worshiping the celestial bodies. Which, which I kind of lean towards that because a lot of their complexes kind of line up with solstices or equinox um, or the cardinal lines, like north, south, east, west. Um, so, right, yeah, they seem that, to be yeah. mathematically inclined. Knew their geometry, knew their astronomy, knew art, jewelry. I mean, we're talking about an advanced culture um, that Mm -hmm. had seemed to have had some kind of a writing, a writing system, which, you know, not people don't like to talk about that. You know, the the. Mm. Um, the Bat Creek stones and the I know you had a post recently about um, one of the really famous stones um, that you dug into, which is the um, drawing a blank right now. Yeah. I I mean, I know I've, I've uncovered or looked into things like that. Like I know the Susquehannock tribe of giants that, um, uh, Captain J John Smith, um, witnessed. Um, I, I was looking at an old uh, book I have called America BC by Barry fell. Yeah. And it had, I was just looking, flipping through it the other day and it had a, like a drawing of a stone, like the outline of the, of the, uh, language. And it said, he said, you know, people said it's just like plow marks, but you could tell it's not plow marks. Yeah. And he said once they looked into it, it was Iberian, which is from mm. the Iberian the Iberian Peninsula. Right. And John Smith said they had a, the strangest language he had ever heard. So, yeah, but you're right. People don't want to talk about that. Like, who yeah. were these people? I think they were all kinds of people, really, right. based off the different languages discovered. So, right. and I honestly think they kind of mingled in with the natives that were here alongside wow. them. So you had the post of the Grave Creek stones, uh, stoner, our stoner, uh, just just dug that up and, and found that link. Um, but yes, Grave Creek stone, you know, again, one of these things that's 
told to be a fake, the Bat Creek Stone, the newer Coley Stones. This is another, um, you know, very, very interesting. What have you found out about the Grave Creek Stone in your research? Uh, honestly, I don't, I, I try to just put that, it's kind of like whenever I put out the one on like this altar or that fort, I don't dig into it. That's not like my specialty, Sure, sure. but so my spe- like I know about as much about it as what I posted right there. Like I don't go in depth on that stuff, but I really, I really should. I really should though. Cause I've got a lot of information in hand about that stuff. And you know what? It is fascinating to me because yeah. I've been studying like the, you know, just like touching back on the Celts, like the Celts were here too. Um, the Celtic Ogham, like, which is like a, yeah. the, just this straight lines. Like it's been discovered in Oklahoma, yep. um, Colorado. There are other places too. So like I've been looking into that for years. And one time on my property here, I found some sandstones that had etchings in it that look very similar in style to that Celtic writing. It's like, yeah. well, who, kn- who knows? Like I right. sent it to not yeah. Barry fell. Cause I don't think he was around, but some of his uh, friends and researchers, um, I sent it to them years ago. This is like around 2010, whenever I was sending them stuff, I even sent some stuff to Scott Walter way back in the day. Yeah, nice. I was into the, I was into a lot of this stuff, but just kind of like dabbling into it. Right. Yeah. Not in depth. So, yeah, but yeah, no, it's all fascinating to me. And I, that's why I want to try to bring out, some language on these people like who were they like we're finding their skeletons but who were they yeah. like nobody talks about it there's got to be a connection like obviously barry fell's not connecting he's not even talking about giants but he's finding languages that were discovered in their areas and their land so like don't they connect like they've got to connect somewhere with that 100 so, i'll try to do more i'll try to do more of that no, what you're doing is great, man. I love just the imagery, the just showing the documents because, you know, and that's a great image of the Grave Creek Stone. That was found in West Virginia and uh, basically the second largest conical mound in the United States after Monk's Mound uh, in Missouri. Oh, right. And, uh, you know, that was a, a basically a riverbed that had flooded out in 150,000 artifacts flooded out into this essentially this uh, washout place where they had dug all of these artifacts up from this one spot. They built the museum, and the Grave Creek Stone was the most mind-blowing thing that came out of that, but some unbelievable stuff that no one's no one talks about. Of course. And, and oh, those yeah. artifacts are probably in the basement. They're not all on display, um, but not just the Grave Creek Stone. That's the one that kind of got out of the bag, but there were, I think, dozens of strange artifacts that came out of that honeypot. I'm sure. Um, but again, oh yeah, it's a fake, not real. <laughs> it's not any yeah. kind of language. It's uh, you know whoever found it was was a hoaxer, P.T. Barnum type snake yep. oil salesman. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know the guy's been completely discredited, even though he's probably been dead for you know who knows how long. Um, but it, and nobody looks into it. Once it's deemed a fake, nobody digs deeper. That's the whole thing about it. And yeah. it's just because then you're totally, told you're a kook if you do. Mm-hmm. Why it's already mm-hmm. fake, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, it's to discredit, I think. And all you need is one instance of it to happen, or one, you know, one really good. That's what it's always tough to get behind things then too, because you got to be like, man, do I really put effort and weight behind this? Because if it turns out, then you're like the person, like, well, you believed in it again. It's like one of these times <laughs> it has to turn out to be correct. 
It just does. Yeah. Yeah. Even with the UFO UAP stuff going on now, you know, there's a lot of trepidation with that of like, you know, what's like, really going on? Why right. are they just now right. telling us about yep. all this? Something weird's yep. happening. Yeah. What else are they doing? <laughs> right. You know, and what what what's a real UAP or what what's not? You know, or UFO or what what is? Right. What's not? Right. Right. So they, yeah, it's they, hard to trust them, right? Yep. Do they really have the craft? Are they really trying to force? <laughs> these contractors to give up their exotic material is this all a big dog yeah, and pony show on? to flex yeah. their muscles because congress has been way behind on this stuff and now they're kind of going hey how come we're not invited to the party we're gonna have all these hearings and have all these whistleblowers come up here uh it just yeah, they're seems late. they're late very very strange yeah and you know it yeah. does it does tie into you know we got to know our history before we can know where we're heading so understanding the giants and the cover-up, potential cover-up here in the United States, why are we the only place in the world where our history is lost? Yeah, China knows their history. Egypt knows their history. The Mayans know their history. The Aztecs, it goes on and on. Mm-hmm. The Ohio mound builders and, and these folks, nobody really knows that much. Mm-mm. It's not a big no. deal to anybody in the world's not rushing to come here. Maybe they will now if— Serpent Mound becomes UN World Heritage Site. Um, but, you know, we're not really known in America for having this wildly fantastic ancient civilization. And I think that's a shame and it needs a change. For sure. Yeah, there were walled cities here. And I never knew that growing up. Didn't know that. You know, it was just a bunch of prairie lands and that was about it. Yep. That's how we were taught. Yep. Riding on horseback, yeah. killing buffalo, and sitting around the campfire and having yeah. their teepees, and that's it. Right. Yeah. Just hunting and gathering yeah. and hanging out. It was that. Yeah, it was that and so much more, though. Like, mm-hmm. well, I, that's what I'm so saying. Much. They, they just, they, yeah. they gave yeah. the basic of the basic just, like, yeah. the, the, thousands of years. For thousands of years they were here. Yeah. Thousands of years. In those timelines in Mexico that Will was talking about where the... You know, it's, is it 250,000 years now? There's radiocarbon dating 150,000. Oh, sure, sure. Of sure. Homo sapien sapien, not supposed to be in Mexico, not supposed to be in right. South America. Right. So all these timelines, as far as us in the Americas, is being pushed back. Yeah. We don't mm-hmm. need jack squat. Well, that's why I say I don't, we, trust, no. I don't trust much yeah. of it. You know, again, even the universe, yeah. like, oh, it's only 13 billion years. No, it's 26 billion years, guys. We got right. it wrong. Like... Now the universe. You let me know when you got to figure it out. Then come back to me when you actually figure it out. And <laughs> right. Give me a bullshit answer because that's what it is. Even in science, sometimes it's even in trusted science, all the time it is still yep. very much like we thought it was thirteen billion years. It's twenty. It, maybe it's not even twenty six. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> maybe just don't You're even right. try to put a put an estimate. Then like give us a rough idea, but don't try to say. It, definitively absolutely this is how long it is or this is why something is or this is why you're wrong and it's not sasquatch or it couldn't be this or yeah. you know there's just so much dismissive nature towards it because it's like well it's not the science it's like your science is kind of bs sometimes too man that's right mm-hmm. like I, yeah i'm sorry it is mm-hmm. well it's not a weak thing to say if you don't to to admit you don't know something like 100%. I think they, I think they think that they have to throw something at it. It's like, well, what's wrong with saying you don't know yet, or you don't understand, right. or you don't know? I find yeah. it much more admirable when someone can can tell you that they're wrong or that they don't know. And that was one of the things that was always kind of like a key development tool that I wanted to have was the ability to be wrong. Mm-hmm. 
I yeah. don't mind being wrong. I'm going to be wrong. I've been wrong. It's going to happen again. New information. Everybody yeah. is wrong at some point in their life, guaranteed. And it new, happens. New information comes along. Hey, yeah. if you got to change yeah. the textbooks, it's the right thing to do. Yeah. You can't hold on because oh, this professor has yeah. been teaching the same thing and from his professor to his professor for 100 years. Well, and it's, it's ideological like, dogma. You're telling me that we haven't learned anything new in 100 years about <laughs> what yeah. is going on in ancient Ohio? Right. You're telling me that yeah. we're still teaching the same exact it's the Truman bogus show. shit. It's the Truman Show. It's that knowledge filtration. Like, and not all of it. Explore? Some of it's, nope, it's already been discovered, Mike. We all... We, there's nothing else to discover. I get angry. It's all been discovered. Well, before I blow a top, we should wrap this up. <laughs> so I just get mad towards the end of these kind of episodes. I'm having uh, a great time, but I always get upset. Yeah. Well, I think because yeah. we, got, we want we want answers. <laughs> we want answers. We're yeah. tired of the runaround, and we're tired of being put on hold and getting you know the receptionist at the front desk going, you know, we're it's going to take an act of Congress <laughs> to go downstairs and see the Newark Holy Stone, like yeah. <laughs> That lady told me that. No. Oh, my. Well, here's something, too. Like, I don't think it's I don't think there's a chance that somebody who's put all of their career in life, say it's a professor, into a certain narrative that they wouldn't think twice about destroying some good evidence, some real evidence, yeah. some real truth. Oh, sure. I'm, I'm, I think they would do it in tenure? a heartbeat. Yeah. Yes. No doubt. Yeah. I think so as well. So, I would agree as well. Mm -hmm. Easily. Yeah, it, it, it's sad. It's sad. And, but and I think, I, I think it would happen. The new young generation, like Emily, Emily Aldrich from the Portsmouth, Ohio Museum, from the Portsmouth Museum that we uh, met and shot one of her talks last year about the Portsmouth Earthworks, people like her gives me a lot of hope. Good. When you talk to Emily, she just wants to find out about the truth. She doesn't laugh at you when you... To ask questions about what we're asking. She'll talk to you about giants. Yeah. She'll talk I to you about it. things that she's looked into yeah. and has tried to debunk or or to find verification for. She's not going to write up a, an article in the Columbus Dispatch calling all these people morons that go to Serpent Mound and ask the archaeologists about giants and giant skeletons. The reason why earthworks get visited is because of all these stories about giants right. and ancient aliens has covered serpent mound and, and earthworks. It's in definitely Ohio. brought a new light. It's to shined a big light. Yeah. And that's not a bad thing. Embrace it, man. Mm -hmm. Emily embraces mm -hmm. it. She's not saying mm -hmm. verification. Yeah, there were giants, but she's also not going to make you feel bad about asking that question. Yeah, I love browbeat it. you. But those people yeah. are, I think, are coming up. You know, the next generation is is more open minded, which is what we need. Yeah, yeah, and yes. they're enthusiastic. Yeah, and very enthusiastic. Uh -huh. Enthusiastic. That's Man. awesome. I love it. I love it. And we can get you in contact with her and Jeffrey or any of the Ohio researchers that you wanna you wanna talk about, man. Because I think mm -hmm. the we're good at connecting the dots to other researchers and um, you know good. adding a little bit of piece of the puzzle for you. And then you know, of course, you have information you can share with all of these guys as well. And it just kind of keeps growing and building. So um, we we like to net. you know build yeah. those bridges a little bit. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's uh, great network. Absolutely. Dude, it's been great chatting with you, Travis. 
Um, you know, if we can kind of put a bow on this baby and, and once again, just, uh, some quick final words and let us know where we can find you. And, uh, we'll put a, we'll button this baby up. And, and, uh, like I said, we'll, we'll outro the show and then we'll come back and chat with you. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So if you want to find any of these articles that we've been uh, visiting about, you can find them on my Instagram page or Facebook. It's the same name. It's, uh, giants underscore of underscore ancient America. Um, and you can find me and those both of those places and uh, have fun reading. Absolutely. And it's worth checking out. I mean, Travis has done his homework. He's got the receipts and man, we love what you're doing. Keep doing it. The guy's relentless. He's obsessed. That's what you need to be, though. <laughs> yeah. That's what you need to be. True. You do. Yeah. I, yeah. You have to be. Yeah. yeah. Travis, this has been great. Appreciate We're going to say man. goodbye. Dude, thank you thank so you very, very much. much for coming on the show. You're the best. I loved it, guys. It was great. Awesome, man. Until Take care. Time. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Okay. Sounds great. We'll be right back. <laughs> Dude. <sighs> Giants win again. Another great conversation. Totally in our wheelhouse. This, I get excited and fired up about these conversations. I try to keep myself. And I always wonder, I'm like, it. am I still going to be into talking about giants? Because I've been, you know, 2013 is is really when I just poured everything I had into learning as much as I could. Maybe burnt myself out a little bit. Right. But, you know, <laughs> I, I kind of take a break and I'm like, am I still passionate? And I get fired up about this stuff. Every yeah, time you're we, still passionate we bring about it, giants. We bring this stuff up. It always gets my heart racing. You know why you're not passionate about Giants 24-7 is because if you thought about it 24-7, you'd need like a blood pressure medication. Oh, I know. Yeah. Because you'd just be pissed off. <laughs> I know. Because you'd be like, this is bullshit. Well, you we should in, know about Giants you sh- you and the Smithsonian. So yeah, you and run into true. a it's lot of true. brick walls. It's and true. It started getting frustrating because, you know, my questions weren't being taken seriously. A lot of people had made fun of me. It's like, well, I'm finding these newspaper articles and um, these town hall reports. Like, it's pretty interesting. You should look into it. Oh, right. whatever, man. You know, that's that's ridiculous. Right. Until you meet somebody like Jeffrey Wilson. Ross Hamlin. Oh, there's people really, really researching this. Hugh Newman seems like a serious guy. Yeah. Uh, Jim Vieira. You know, Travis there are Roy. A Travis, lot of serious, serious guy here. People that study these mm-hmm. topics seriously. Yeah. Because there's a there's something to them. Yeah. Hundred percent. We would. We would. Nobody would look into this if there wasn't. Again, like. Right. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to kick him in the face too hard here, but mermaids. Like nobody really goes out and searches for mermaids <laughs> that hard anymore because maybe there's mermaids, well, maybe the not. Discovery but like Channel whatever. You know what I mean? About mermaids kind of ruined it. I, I mean, everybody. They made a fake. There's not been that many credible. No. Maybe it's just because it's hard. It's a water. You know. But there's a lot pressure. of documentation about giants. There is a ton of documentation about giants. Not so much mermaids. Not so much. Mermaids, you're not going to get the the receipts. I don't know what to say. Well, hold on. Maybe they're just, maybe there's a whole society of mer people under there and Atlantis is under the water. I don't want to go that far with it. It's too much. much. Another 30 minutes about mermaids. And believe me, I got so much, I I can (laughs) get so much latitude within my own mind of how I can think about things. Yes, I can entertain a lot of thoughts. 
one. But that's a tough one. Dude, this has been a great show. We're going to wrap Killing this baby yeah. up. Uh, again, guys, follow us at The Strange Road on Instagram, TikTok, Check and Twitter. Facebook groups rocking. Please share, like, subscribe. Uh, if you do enjoy the show, rate the show. Really, really does help us out. Uh, the super stickers, super chats are available on YouTube. Um, we've got uh, some big things cooking, and uh, we can't wait to share everything that's been happening with you guys and just keep an eye out but uh keeping the ball moving yep we've got some great episodes coming up and as always thank you to disborough and stoner in master control the best, the best. Show there they are hard overhead. at work always that beauty master control oh, yeah. shot that's awesome well thank you guys everybody out there much love peace love chicken grease we are out peace bye-bye y'all